Wanna go, pretty boy? Two minutes by yourself and you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. Anything better than a glass of beer is tea with Miss McGill. Oh. <laughs> and welcome to the Fourth Line Voice Podcast. My name is Darren. Thank you very much for tuning in. Episode 298 of the Big Show, some Enforcer Base Podcasting coming at you, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. How's everybody doing out there? Another Sunday, a little late today. Yeah, I got. Uh, I was researching last night for the player spotlight, and it just kind of got late. And went upstairs and sat on the couch, and never got off the couch. So I apologize for being a little late, but nonetheless, here I am. The playoff edition. Oh, the playoff fever is gripping, gripping everybody. It's uh, oh, it's the buzz around here. Let me tell you. No, it's probably my headphones that are buzzing. Now that I'm thinking about it, they are a little buzzy. Hope that doesn't come up in the that shouldn't come out in the recording, right? I wouldn't think so. Um, yes, but we do have some playoff observations. Um, my week on the internet, and I gotta say, I have to. Um, I'm gonna reevaluate. I reevaluate. I'm gonna reevaluate one of the statements or beliefs that I've always had. Well, no, not that's not even the right word. Um, I looked into, I always go on and on about the generation being soft. This generation of players soft, etc. Um, I'm going to examine that statement and maybe we'll find out why. It was in my argument with some buff, online buffoon and, I, and a sort of a, a realization came over me. But I'll get into that. Um... And then, of course, as I said, my player spotlight, which I, I mean, I have to say, I've, uh, I mean, I've done a bunch of them, uh, the last little while, but I'm, I'm really enjoying them, to be honest. Uh, I enjoy going down that rabbit hole. Again, it's, I've, the guys that I've done the, the spotlight on, I, I mean, I've seen their, some of their, like their stuff, but it's, like you said, everything just sort of runs together after a while, but, um, especially the newer guys, cause it was, you know, you'd be scrolling social media or whatever. Somebody, oh, you just seen the fight tonight and you kind of watch it. Eh, yeah. You know, but that, that would be about it. Um, so today's player spotlight is on DJ King. And, um, again, Washington Jr. Um, you know, have some of his junior fights, Washington the American League, some of the fights, and then you watch some NHL stuff, but again, it all bleeds together. Um, so to spend the time, to spend the hour or two, and go down like the rabbit hole, like I said it was DJ King or a Luke Gazdick or what have you, um, and you sort of, um, well, there is stuff that I haven't seen, and it's like, oh, son of a bitch, that's pretty good, you know, um, yeah, but it's been fun, it really has been, and uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm rather enjoying these player spotlights, but uh, but how about we get into this, uh, this tomfoolery, um, well, I guess we'll start, uh, well, you know, we'll start, we'll start to, you know, we'll mention the sponsor because you have to, right? I mean, you got to keep the lights on. And I mean, that's who's paying the bills around here. And, um, 
but also, you know, I, I like to keep you guys informed out there. If things outside of the fourth line voice bubble, what what is happening? I want to keep you informed about the about the uh, about the happenings or the haps, as the kids say. Is that what they say? I don't know if they say that anymore. But anyway, remember <laughs> uh, the Hockey Podcast Network. There's over 50 shows in the network. Of course, all the all the NHL. There's podcasts for all the NHL teams. Of course, uh, the ones that are in the playoffs are hot and heavy and rolling. So uh, whatever team you're a fan of, there's a show for you. Um, and of course, for my off-network friends, I was going to say the Nordiques Knuckles podcast, Jolt and Joe Lazito out there. Uh, but I think uh, Joe's put in his. Uh, Joe's on put in his two weeks. He's on vacation or on sick leave. Maybe that's what it is. I almost said maternity leave. It's not maternity leave. It's sick leave. He goes down to Orlando and he never came back. He was just like, yeah, I'm good. Yeah, left it all behind. No, well, somebody told Joe to take two weeks off and quit. So I don't know what happened. But uh, I keep saying it. But I'm gonna I'm gonna get Joe. I'll, I'll get Joe out of his shell. I'll get him on this show. I don't know what we'll talk about. I kind of have a feeling, though, that if I phoned Joe up and said we're going to do an episode about what, I don't know, hold on, and then hit record and we started talking, we can make an episode out of it without even giving him a heads up. I think I could do it. I'm fairly confident that we could do it. Now, I'm not saying people would want to hear it. I'm just saying we could do it. But uh, the Nordiques Knuckles podcast, as well as the Coliseum Chronicles podcast, and New York Islanders show, uh, Joe's, uh, that's why he gets so tired. He's a dual threat. He's, he's running around. He's doing it all. Busier than a one-legged waitress at the IHOP. I'm telling you. That's Jolt and Joe Lazito. Give it a Lazito. I haven't said that one for a while. The newer listeners don't know what I'm talking about. But that's okay. You'll get in on the joke at some point. Um, and then, of course, got Alec. Oh, yeah. He comes and goes. There's another guy. Unfortunately with him, we all thought he quit and he came back. Oh, Reminds me of work, yeah. It's one janitor we had. Got all pissed one day and announced that she was retiring. And then, like, a day later realized she couldn't afford to and had to come back. How's that? That's a little awkward coming in in the morning. Yeah. Just jokes. <laughs> um, but apparently, yeah, Mud Show was just jokes because he's back. Yeah. Oh, and he, and, he, and he drags John from the Hockey Fight League down with him. John, I can't believe you agree to such nonsense. But Alec, of course, he's Mr. East Coast Hockey League. I think that's, he should just, that's, I told him. I think I said it in my episode with him when I had him on and we re- we reviewed the East Coast. Well, once after about an hour of yapping about nothing, we finally got into the uh, the East Coast Hockey League review and uh, for the year. Um, I have told Alec, I said, you should just do East Coast Podcast. Why not? You know, specialize. Because, I mean, his uh, he did a, a 32-man Clash the Coast. You like that name? That was my idea. I'm going to take full credit for that. Uh, but it was, a you know, how they, we do the voting tournaments around here. But he did one. Of, I, I'm still impressed he could find 32 guys that would fight in a hockey league. I didn't know that existed anymore. But uh, wildly successful Instagram tournament. And, uh, oh, he had teams, like, announcing it at games to vote for their guy and stuff. Um, so it was, it was real positive. It was really cool to see those players and social media get involved and, and, uh, like I would say with the tournaments, anytime you can get that conversation started about those players, it's always cool. So, um, no, in all seriousness, uh, but I said to Alec, I said it was so popular and stuff. And I mean, I mean, obviously his uh, war with the East Coast League head office has been well documented with his YouTube channel and everything else. But, um, 
he's gained traction in that community. And I think with these podcasts now, I said, if you can find a strong niche and I mean, I mean, I'm going to be honest. I don't know too many East coast hockey league podcasts out there. I mean, not that I've actively searched for too many. I've been sent links to some by some people and they're fucking awful. The ones that are out there. Again, I'm not gonna. I'm not sitting over here saying, "Oh, it's me and spitting chiglets." I'm not. I'm not con- professing to be, you know, uh, some expert over here. But holy shit, seriously. Um, yeah. Anyway, there's there's some, there's some bad shit out there. Um, yeah. So I told Alec. I said, I, I don't know. I think you could be. You could quickly become. You know. King Turd of Shit Mountain if you decided to focus on the East Coast League. I, I don't know. I think that'd be, uh, you know, anyway. What was the point of this bit? I have no idea. Oh, anyway, he uh, his episode that he just released with John from the, uh, that used to run the Hockey Fight League. Uh, John's also a big East Coast League guy. Um, yeah, and they just basically reviewed the results of the tournament and, uh, you know, and shared their thoughts on the guys. And it... Uh, yeah, fun episode. Um, I've had John on this show a couple times, so I mean, John obviously has no problem slumming. So um, careful, John. You might get some on you. Um, but no, he uh, always a fun guest. I like John on a personal level. I like John, good dude, and uh, yeah, always fun to have him on. And uh, yeah, that's Alex' latest episode. So, and then of course he was on my show last week as we, like I said, we reviewed the. Once we eventually got to it, we reviewed the East Coast Hockey League fighters this year. So Alex all over yapping about the East Coast League. And I, like I said, it's it's in his wheelhouse. He's comfortable with it. Um, I don't know. I That would be my suggestion to him. But anyway, what do I know? Uh, a lot of nothing, a little of something. What are we going to do? Well, like I said, playoff fever has gripped gripped the nation. Oh boy, let me tell you. Well, how about that last night? Um, I'm going to, first of all, as I always say with my uh, NHL type of reviews, um, I am not watching games. I've been in a few games. Bruins cost me the other night. Actually, the Oilers have cost me a couple times here, damn it. Um, I... Like I said the other night, the game could be in my backyard and I wouldn't open up the blinds. I don't care. It is. But I see enough of it on social media. I see the highlights I need to see. I'll go back and investigate what needs to get investigated. And, uh, oh, the, the of course, the whining's been amped up because it's the playoffs. And uh, like I told my friend Kevin today, I said, these are grown adults, if you can believe it. These fucking nerds on social, these are grown adults crying about shit. Oh, you have the hockey writer, some goof, some leaf goof. Of course, immediate has to start bringing up Wes McCauley, the referee. And, oh, shit, he is terrible. And he's biased against the Leafs because of David Frost and Keefe and blah, blah, blah. Oh, they, the, oh, they reach. You know, because, oh, they're, he, they're, oh, whatever and whatever in the playoffs when McCauley does the games. You know, he left the 5-0 and o part in the regular season out. But, okay. But, uh, yeah, and then all, and I love it. And then all these dorks jump in there and they got to start commenting. I hope we don't get West for this game and all this shit. 
Oh, fuck. You didn't know who Wes McCauley was nine minutes ago. Now, all of a sudden, he's your scapegoat for everything. You know? You know, meanwhile, for the last couple of years, in the hockey, like in the players, in the NHLPA, the Players Association, when they do their annual voting poll amongst the all, amongst all the players, Wes McCauley's won best referee like three years in a row. So the players don't have an issue with him. You know, but oh yeah, but you know, of course... Leaf fan 69 thinks that's the only reason that uh, Tampa Bay's even in this series is because of Wes McCauley. Okay. It's like, oh, you know, and then somebody goes, is there anything more insufferable than Leaf fans? Yeah, all of you. You're all a bunch of fucking nerds. Every one of you. Now, when I say shit like that, I, you know, I realize I have people listening to this show that still watch hockey. I'm not talking to you. Unless you're the dork that was wearing the yellow hoodie by the penalty box in Toronto. Go, let me at him, trying to fight who, you know, the Tampa Bay guy. Oh, fuck, sit down, you fucking douchebag. And the thing that gets me is these fans that act like fucking donkeys and throw shit on the ice. They're, they're banging on the glass trying to fight. Oh, yeah. He really wants Adam. No, he doesn't. If anybody ever grabbed that guy, he'd shit his pants and cry assault. No, they don't want him. He doesn't want any part of that. But he's everyone's tough guy behind glass. You know, on the other side of the glass, everyone's fucking Mike Tyson. The problem with that is if you read the comments and shit... And it's like anything in society now. We we just we just excuse idiocy. Oh, I love the passion. It's not passion. He's an idiot. Imagine if you're sitting in that row and you drop like a grand to go to that game, and you're sitting there and you're watching the game and you're eating your hot dog and having a couple of beers, and fucking dummies at the end of the row banging, standing up and banging on the glass and shaking the glass, and every guy that gets a penalty box, he sits there for two minutes yelling through the glass, all his, trying to think his sweet chirps like he's funny, and turning around to the crowd, <laughs> you know, like trying to, like, you see what I'm doing here? Imagine, you spend a thousand bucks and you and your kid are sitting there and you got this fucking bozo beside you. Like, oh, And then everybody goes, oh, I'm just a really passionate hockey fan. No, he's a fucking clown that deserves to get the shit kicked out of him, is what it is. Sit down and shut up. Like, God. But again, we just excuse idiocy in this world. In fact, it's celebrated in a lot of, in a lot of areas. Ugh, it's just pathetic. Just pathetic. But hey, I got you know I you know I get, hey I got to give him credit, not too much credit, but he did. You know, hey, I sat and yelled at Austin Matthews for his stupid smiling while he's getting punched in the face and showing he's gutless and everything else. Well, he actually kind of fought Stamkos last night, kinda. I mean, Stamkos grabbed him and started punching him and. And at first, you could see Matthews is going to do his bullshit, just stand there and, hey, are you seeing this? But I think he finally just had enough. And I mean, I think he dropped one glove anyway and tried to throw a couple punches and whatever. You got a fighting major for it, you know. But I, I'll, you know what? Hey, he attempted. I got, I got to say it, he did, kind of. It took him a little bit, but he attempted. So, there you go. That's I. That's what the Leafs needed. 
They needed him to do that. I wish he'd actually dropped his gloves instead of doing the whole, are you seeing this shit for the first couple seconds? But nonetheless, he attempted to throw a couple punches and they fell down, whatever. And, um, too wild. And then the one, the one guy, I don't know why Stamkos has to be such a bit. Why doesn't he just go over to Osto and ask him to square up? It's like, oh, just go get off Twitter. Stop talking. Do you really think Austin Matthews is going to square up with Stamkos? Like, oh, God. Yeah. No, he didn't because, you know, he's not going to. That's why that happened the way it happened. Like, you dummy. Like, oh, God. But, I mean, oh, and then the Florida-Boston thing. Some, well, I'll save that for my week on the Internet. Um no, I mean the other thing, of course, with the refereeing and everything. There's always there's been some calls that are kind of or some non calls, and I mean, like anything, everyone's always whining about the refs. I always like the, you know, there's just no consistency uh, between the regular season and uh, and the and the playoffs. It's like, oh well, because do the games look the same to you? How can the refings be the same when the games are completely different? I mean, the regular season is more more or less non-contact pond hockey. And now the playoffs are, well, a little more intense. So, but I mean, on the uh, it's like night and day difference in terms of aggressiveness. And I mean, it's up from nothing to next to nothing. So, but I mean, the game's completely different. So that's why the refereeing's different. Like, yeah, you're refing two different styles of games. Dumbass. I mean, for, I always laugh for these people that apparently are huge hockey fans and watch everything. Do you not? Like, I mean, I guess you're just that wrapped up and we didn't win that you don't realize that the games are completely, uh, whatever. I don't, okay. Anyway. Um, and the one guy goes, yeah, that's the one thing with the NHL that they'll never do and they should. They should hold, hold the refs accountable. They should, the coaches and players have to talk to the media. The refs should too. Why? Why do the refs need to talk to the media? I always like you make it an NHL problem. Like our NFL refs or Major League Baseball umpires do, or NBA refs, do they talk to the media? Do they have media? I've never seen it. So what are you talking about? Why would the NHL do that? Because it doesn't matter no matter what the game is. Someone's going to be met. The losing team's going to be somehow the refs screwed us. Just like, look at you bozos online. That's all you do is cry about as soon as you lose. You lose 7-3 and you're crying about the refs. Oh, uh, no, I'd say the, I'd cry to my goalie for letting in seven fucking goals is what I, who I'd be crying to. But it's, oh no, that call in the second really screwed us. Oh yeah, sure. It was only 4 nothing when that happened. You were going to make a big comeback, were you? Now, am I saying there hasn't been shitty calls? Yeah, there probably has been. Or non-calls? Yeah. It has been since the dawn of time, you know, since the game started in the late 1800s, there's been someone crying about a referee missing something. So, okay. You know, I always laugh at, like, these fans and everything. They, They always talk like this is new shit. Well, back in my day, they didn't miss anything. Oh, yeah, sure. You know, ask Gilmore in the Gretzky high stick in 93. Yeah, you know. There's always going to be someone that's pissed about a ref. Doesn't matter. Some Right now, as you're listening to this, it's some league somewhere, someone's mad at an umpire or a referee. That's just the way it is. But 
this whole bullshit that, oh, West Macaulay's against us or the leagues or the league just doesn't want the Leafs to win. Yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah, why would the NHL want their most popular team involved in the playoffs? Like, shut up, you dumb shit. Like, yeah. Anyway. Um, no, the refs aren't going to answer the fucking media's questions. So. Um, oh, hey, you know what I got to tell you guys? You're going to laugh about this. And, I, and it's, and I can see where people are going to start really like, yeah, I think Darren's been lying to us this whole time. Um, I forgot to mention this last episode. Um, and it came down to the wire last year. Um, okay. Every year, uh, my dad goes into a hockey pool and it's one of those, there's like 20 boxes and you got to pick a guy from each box. Um, and it's 20 bucks and it's for half the money goes to this charity and whatever. And it's an old friend of his. Um, but it's a fairly big, like there's over, a, I think there's over 200 people in it, at least over 150 for sure, uh, that are in this draft. So my dad gives myself and my brother these sheets and they're like, yeah, fill this out for Dale and whatever is $20. Yeah, that's a charity thing. What the fuck? Right. But the thing was, is this like, okay, like the one box. Okay. Crosby, obviously, you know, McKinnon, Ovech, blah, blah, blah. You know, actually, I think I think all those guys are in one box, right? So you see what I mean? You got to make the decision between them. And then, but there are boxes, and I'm not lying, where there's five guys. There's the five guys in the. I'm like, I don't know who any of these people are. No idea. So basically, what all I did last year was I just went on the internet and went to like fantasy sports, some fantasy sports or website where it was like, oh, projected point totals for the year. And that's all I did was go and then type in the five guys that were in that box and whatever the projected point totals were, whoever had the most, that's who I took in the box. That's what I did last year, except for the one box uh, had Tom Wilson in it. And I'm just like, oh, I'm taking him because at least I want, you know, I want some tough guy on my team, even if it's Tom Wills. Yeah, whatever. I'll just, for shits and gigs, right? Because I'm like, I'm going to get killed in this. So I just took Tom Wilson in the one box. Well, I won the thing last year. And it was funny because pretty much most people, like in the first, like kind of in the first row out of the first five boxes, every, of course, everybody takes Crosby. Everybody takes a vet, Kyle McCard. You know, everyone takes those guys, right? It's, it's, it's literally, it's like in any hockey, in a football draft or anything, it's the late rounds that are going to win you the draft, right? Cause that's when you're, you know, well, that's what won the draft for me was, and it's no lie is Tom Wilson because I won the draft by 18 points over the guy in second. And the guy in second pretty much had all the exact same players as I did. The only difference was, is he took someone else in the Tom Wilson box and Tom Wilson had 18 more points than the guy that he took. And I won the draft by 18 points. So it was like, I always say like Tom Wilson basically won me that draft. And uh, so anyway, I won the draft. It was like 600 bucks or something. So that was pretty sweet. You know, well, fast forward to this year. I was actually leading the draft again for a little while. And then I kind of fell off. Injuries really hurt my team. But, and it pays down three spots. My dad actually finished second. Um, and again, 150, 200 some people in this draft. I did the same thing. Went to that site, looked up the projected totals. I'm like, I don't know who these people are. 
Boom, boom, boom. But in one of the boxes, okay, so we go into the last day of the regular season. There's two games. An early game and a late game. I don't know who the early game was. Buffalo, I think. But the late game was Colorado versus Nashville. Last game of the season. I'm in fourth place. It only pays down three. And the guy in front of me, his team's, all his games are done. And he's three points ahead of me. Well, I have Nathan McKinnon. He's the only guy I have playing in the final game of the year. Colorado against Nashville. And guess what? Nathan McKinnon got four points that final game. And I finished in third. I, I jumped over him and beat him by a point for third place. I think third pays like a hundred bucks or something. So thank you, Nathan McKinnon, for, for getting me a cool hundy. There we go. So there, so for, for, I'm telling you folks, for next year, I might, uh, the fourth line voice, I might offer my services for hockey pools, fantasy drafts. You let me know, get a hold of me and, uh, I will guide, I could, I'll, 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 I'll try to guide you to victory in your playoff pool. See, I know what you guys are thinking. You're like, you're, bull, I, you're, you, you're like bullshit. This guy watches every game, does all the analytics. I'm a numbers guy. What can I say? No, I don't, I, I don't even know what I'll, uh, if anybody wants to know, uh, I'll go and search. I, I can't remember what the name of the website that I use is. When I see it, I'll know what it is. It's on like the first page of Google. So I'll find the site for you because clearly they're very good at what they do because I've, I have finished first and third in two years and outside of knowing maybe 10 guys. So, uh, they're, they're very clearly a good website. So I will, uh, if anybody wants to know, I'll send you the link once I find it. Um, well, there we go. Oh, my week on the internet. Well, the one I laughed, this girl, she's on Twitter, and uh, the show highlights of Tuchuk, uh apparently he was uh, mic'd up, or he wasn't mic'd up, but in between the bench, Ferraro was standing in between the benches, and Tuchuk, 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 Nate is going nuts right now, Tuchuk, Tuchuk, there you go, Tuchuk, happy, there, <laughs> He's yelling at the Bruins back and forth. And apparently he's calling some guy's wife a whore for the Bruins. And he said it multiple times. Uh, well, it was picked up on the hot mics. So, of course, it makes the rounds on social media. And, oh, I can't believe he would say something like, I'm offended and blah, blah, blah. You're offended. You weren't even supposed to hear it. So this is why, as much as sometimes the mic'd up stuff is funny, this is why other times it's, it sucks. But anyway. <laughs> this girl, <laughs> she types, and then Matthew Tuchuk wonders why none of the Bruin players like him. Oh, okay. That's why the fans don't really like him. So you think he's lying in bed awake at night, uh, dwelling on the fact that the Bruins don't really like him? Or that the fans don't really like him. Do you think that really, like, she was serious? And it was just like, and I'm laughing at her. Yeah, I'm like, are you serious? Like, no, pardon me, it was, and then he, then Matthew to Chuck wonders why no one likes him. So I replied to him, do you really think he gives a shit if the Bruins like him or not? Of course, he replied, did I say the Bruins? I said people. 
I said, oh, okay, so you think Matthew Tichuk lies in bed at night staring at the roof, upset that the fans don't like him. Oh, yeah, okay. That's a, and this is a grown woman, people. These are adults, supposed adults, crying about this shit. The other thing, and this is where I was talking earlier, all my years of doing this podcast and on Twitter and on social media and ranting and raving and players are soft and blah, blah, blah. And back in my day and all that stuff. Um, somebody was just talking about in the, in one of the fight groups had mentioned how just, you know, how soft the game is and, and everything else. And, um, oh, and that was the other thing people were crying about the refs handing out 10 minute misconducts and managing the game and everybody's crying about that's why it's soft now and everything you again you guys think this is new shit they've been doing this shit for 100 years hand it like handing out tans and breaking stuff up before it starts and yeah they're supposed they're told to do that you know oh i mean i get it it sucks it sucked then and it sucks now but Again, why are we acting like this is new shit? It was in the Minnesota game, I think. They ha- they gave everyone on the ice tens. This is bullshit. So they all this is Batman's NHL, and oh yeah, it's Batman's NHL. Yeah, they've been doing that in the eighties. They handed tens out to everybody. I remember talking to a WHL ref like twenty years ago, and he's like, "Oh yeah, the league's like adamant with us to like at the end of the game or if stuff starts getting heated up, start giving handing out tens to guys." Because that'll calm shit down and whatever. Yeah, I mean, again, this isn't new stuff, so, uh, okay. So anyway, it got brought up that, you know, with these tans and the league soft and stuff like that, and blah, blah, blah. Oh, and it was 7-3 and the Leafs didn't do anything. And, you know, general whining. Yeah, again, the other thing that always amuses me is these fucking guys that whine how shitty the game is, yet they're tuned in at 5 o'clock every day to watch the playoffs. You know, well, if it's so bad, why are you watching it? But yet, here you are. You know, I don't know. If something's really shitty, why do you subject yourself to it? So I always say, I'm fat and like Big Macs. But if they started putting turds on Big Macs, I wouldn't eat them anymore. Like, they just force feed you this horse shit that they call hockey. And it's like, wow, what are you going to do? It's hockey. Yeah, change the channel. That's what you can do. Stop watching. Believe me, I stopped watching over a decade ago. It hasn't hurt my life at all, trust me. Hell, I even have a podcast about it. Don't even have to watch it and I can have a podcast. Of course, granted, I'm talking about everything that's old. I say that's not true. I just went through the whole playoffs, didn't I? But you know what I'm saying. Anyway, where's my bit here? I've lost my story. What am I? Oh, yeah. So, <clears throat> oh, and then the game saw blah, blah, blah. Well, of course, old, here's, here comes Alpha Male. Into the thing, you know, with his American flag and his profile. And, oh, here's a, he's a freedom fighter. One of these guys. That's because the generation's soft. You know. And they don't know this. And they don't know that. And blah, blah, blah. You know. Back, the back of my day guy. All right. Um, well. So I got to thinking about it. And it's like, yeah, they're soft and everything else, but it's like, have they given, they've been, have they, they weren't given a chance to be anything else when it comes, to, and I'm putting it in hockey terms. And like I said, well, who created this environment that they have to play in? Their freedom fighter. You and I did. Our generation. The supposed 
badass, these are supposed to tough guy generation, generation X, you know, um, we're in charge of hockey these days. So who has put in all the fight rules and everything else? We did our generation. Who are the players speaking out against it? Chaconi, Moose Morissette, Patrick Waugh, the lawsuit guys and everything else. Well, they were all Generation X people. So that's who's created this environment. So it's not the players. Like I have yet to see a 20-year-old stand there and put up his hand and go, oh, I'm, I'm happy the Quebec League put in those fight rules. Have you? Did the players vote for this? Did any of the guys in the East Coast League, Nico Blatchman or any of them, Kyle Newber, Darren Skiho? Oh boy, I'm sure glad we got the 10 fight rule. No. Who put in the 10 fight rule? Some Gen Xer, some 50 year old in some boardroom somewhere. And the rest of the 50 year olds, 50 something year old douchebags that run the teams. Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah, safety, yeah. Oh, the supposed Gen X tough guy generation that I'm from. We've created this atmosphere. So, of course, Goofy has to reply. And I'm like, did we not? Yeah, okay there. Yeah, okay, you must be a lib. Enjoy your Bud Light. Oh, okay. Yeah, oh, that's your comeback, is it? Well, that that's all you guys say. Oh, I said, well, no. I said that. He goes, no, typical lib. You probably drink Bud Light. And then, of course, the classic, go woke, go broke. Well, well you're not going to go broke because you're still watching it, dummy. But woke. I love the, your your little buzzwords now, woke. Yeah, ever since, yeah, the woke people put it in the fight rule. Well, the fight rule got put in five years ago. So, you know, before you even knew what woke meant, you know, before you you had your little buzzword. Fuck these people and their fucking buzzwords and their. It's always these douchebags that kind of like they have to roll politics into every segment of their life. Has to be somehow you got to get political. Yeah, I'm a lib, am I? Oh, okay. Well, no, I asked you a question, and then when you have no rebuttal to it, because you never get called on your bullshit. These guys, they they go around social media and they just like announce something and they just say it with so much certainty. Like, oh, what I said, that's how it is. You don't even know what the fuck you're talking about. Did my, did our, because he's the same age as I am, give or take, we're in our 40s, early 50s, did our generation, aren't we the ones that came up with these rules? Are we not? Yes, we are. I'll answer it for you. Yes, we are. Okay. So, at the same time, how can I, you know, I, I can talk about how the product is soft and the players are soft, you know, whatever. But again, they're trying to, they're playing and trying to succeed in the constraints and the confine or the rules that we have given them. So they can only do so much. It's like you see this, oh, you should just grab the guy and beat the shit out of him. You can't because you'll be suspended and fined. Again, who created these rules? Exactly. Wasn't Gen Z. So, you know, as much as, so uh, this is my realization as I'm sitting here, like, well, 
I can sit here and yell and scream that this guy's soft and that guy's soft and this is brutal and that is brutal. But at the end of the day, who created these conditions? My generation. So, I don't know. It's kind of a conundrum, is it not? I mean, really, for you guys listening, I mean, I'm sure a lot of my listeners are kind of around the same age I am, 40 plus. Did we not? I mean, we're, we're the rule makers. We're in that age demographic. We're the front office people. We're commissioners and team owners and that type of thing. Well, so we're as much to blame. You know? And and these these idiots, I, I don't... Well, first, and then that's the other thing. I have no time for people that roll politics into everything. I don't care. I mean, we had a meeting at work the other day and some bozo had to bring up Trudeau. Like, okay, we're, we're talking about circle checking vehicles. What, what what does Trudeau have to do with this? Like, just shut up. And before everybody said, no, I'm not a, I'm not a Trudeau fan. So, you know, whatever. But I'm also not stupid enough. I'm, I'm not that much of a clown to put a fucking political stickers on my car or anything like who gives a shit. That's the problem with the world. So everybody's just so everything's just politicized. It's just who gives a shit? Like just stop. Like just ugh. But yeah, so now the new one is oh woke or Bud Light or Libs or we gotta own this, we gotta own that, or else on the other side of the coin, well, I'm offended by the hot mic and blah blah blah. Why do we need bullying and all this? Oh yeah. It's all just muddled horseshit. But, I don't know, I just, I, I found, like, um, I don't know, he just, uh, well, he just irritated me by throwing his politics into hockey. We're on a hockey fight board, and he's yelling about Democrats and Republicans and alpha males, and, ugh, uh, okay, just go away. Um, but it's just, uh... It just got me thinking. It's like, well, you know, we blame the player. We blame the players all the time and everything else. And it's like, you know, oh, well, he should just do this. Well, the problem is, is you can't just do that anymore. I agree with you. Like, oh, he should have just grabbed the guy and beat the shit out of him. Well, I agree with you. But he can't. And, and in all the hockey that he's ever played, he has not been able to do that. So to sit there and say, well... Like, it was somebody was bitching about Reeves, not grabbing whoever. Well, what did they get him for? Well, for to be a physical presence and to fight now and again. But Reeves just can't go out and pull a 1983 Dave Semenko Battle of Alberta move. Because if he does, he'll be suspended forever. You know? Like, they'd give him multiple games and he'd be fined and, and everything else. So, that's why he doesn't do it. You don't think he would like to? course they would but and it's true and if you watch anything and my brother brought this up the other night and it's true if you if you watch any of these incidents like if a scrum's happening or and all this shit watch the players they all look scared or they're all hesitating to do something because everyone's scared of getting suspended or taking the extra penalty or doing whatever so you watch this shit half the time a scrum's breaking out and they're kind of punching each other but goddamn, they got gloves on 
Like, everyone's scared to fight and whatever. Every once in a while, two guys will come out of a pile and agree. But it's usually the physical guys that have done it before. But for the most part, these guys, will they're looking around, they're looking at the refs, and they're looking at the bench, the coach, and everybody's so hesitant, you know. And it's like everyone's scared to do something. Watch next time something happens. And then I laugh. It's like, oh, well, they have to manage the game, or if not, chaos will ensue. What chaos? Like, people are talking like Link Gates and Greg Smith and, you know, are out there. It's like nothing's going to happen. Half these guys on the ice have never been in a fight before. And if they were, they were scared. And, I mean, most of them are holding on like seeking asylum, you know, when, when anything breaks out. But all of a sudden, oh, they're going to be pandemonium. They're going to be the gorilla monsoon. They're going to be hanging from the rafters if the, if the refs don't get in there. Or oh, he had to hand out tens. If not, it would have turned into a circus. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sure. It's going to turn to the Montreal-Philadelphia pregame brawl, is it? From, like, what, 86? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, the pandemonium. Sure. Yeah. The, the, they had Kucherov, Stamkos, Austin Matthews, Barner, all these guys in the ice. And, oh, boy, it's a good thing the refs took control. It could have really got ugly. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it would have got ugly all right. <laughs> yeah. Oh. But I guess, uh, like I said, I guess we got to... We got to get excited about something, right? You got to sell bullshit and clicks and all this shit. Oh, yeah. Stop inter- stop injecting politics into everything, please. Save it for politics. I'm getting tired of going on the hockey fight board. And if somebody says things are soft, uh, I have to read about some idiot yelling woke or some horse shit or, yeah. You know why they don't fight the libs? Okay, yeah, I, I guess that's why it is. Sure. <laughs> oh, God. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Yeah, I know. I'm just, uh, and that's the problem I was saying the other day, right? When I was on Twitter and stuff, and it's just like social media is just. Just well, I mean, I've said that for years that social media is a cesspool, and if I didn't actually have this podcast, uh, I wouldn't be on social media. I, it does, I mean, I have to be on it to promote this show, but but Twitter just sucks now. Like, I go on Twitter now, and there's like I said, there's shit in my feed. It's like, why is this, why is this in my feed? I, I have no desire to read any of this shit. I'm not following these people and they're not following me. Why? It's all it is now. It's just garbage. This uh, left, right. I don't give a shit what side. I don't want to hear any of it. I don't want to hear left. I don't want to hear right. I don't care. I don't care. And now here's a word from our sponsor. It's NBA playoff time. That means big hoops action with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. Get in on the excitement every game with the touch of a button. New customers can bet $5 pregame money line bet and score $150 in bonus bets if their team wins. Plus, everyone can score a no-sweat same-game parlay every day during the playoffs. Open the DraftKings Sportsbook app, opt-in, and place a same-game parlay on any NBA game. If it doesn't hit, you'll get a bonus bet back up to $10. Guys, I made, this Sunday, I'd look at the Lakers. I mean, you always got LeBron, right? And uh, Lakers' hottest team after the All-Star break. Kind of, they had to win to get in. They won their last game. They're out, they got the momentum going. I don't know. I would. Uh, I know they're about a three and a half point underdog right now 
to the Grizz, but uh, I think uh, I think that might be the the Lake Show might be something to look at there. So download the app now and sign up with promo code THPN. New customers can make five dollar pregame moneyline bet, score one hundred and fifty dollars in bonus bets if their team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the promo code THPN. Eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. And now back to your regularly scheduled program. How about we get enough of that? We're 40 minutes in. Let's get into this player spotlight, shall we? All right. As I said at the top of the show, today's player spotlight will be on none other than DJ King. Dwayne King. DJ. 6'3", 235 pounds from Metal Lake, Saskatchewan. Man, that Metal Lake's bred some tough cats, eh? The Kings, Yablonski, Morasti, pretty good. Um, drafted by the St. Louis Blues in round 6, 190th overall in the 2002 draft. His brother is Dwight King, two-time Stanley Cup champion with the LA Kings. Um, DJ won the Memorial Cup with the Kelowna Rockets in 02, uh, 02-03 season. Um, he was actually a... <laughs> <coughs> Pardon me, a deadline uh, pickup. He played for the Lethbridge Hurricanes, and at the deadline was picked up by the Kelowna Rockets to add some toughness. And uh, there you go. And actually, in the Memorial Cup tournament, he fought Cam Jansen, who um, had been picked up by the Guelph Storm for that run. And uh, not a bad little tilt. And uh, it is, again, it's on YouTube. And that's, as I always say with these player spotlights, um, I went by the fights that are on YouTube just so, um, you know, you could follow along as I'm talking about it or go, you, I mean, you could go watch the, you know, at some point go watch the fights as, uh, the ones that I brought up. Um, actually, and I was, uh, and, uh, uh, DJ King actually, as I said, with his, his brother Dwight winning the two cups, um, and actually both of his sisters played, uh, hockey, women's hockey at the University of Saskatchewan. So real, uh, real strong hockey family there. And, um, they, they run the King Hockey School um, in Meadow Lake every summer. Um, and I was just reading up that DJ King and a, and a few of his friends have gone in and bought a uh, kind of a bunch of cabins up at the lake at a resort um, kind of deal. So you can go rent cabins up there. And he is also on the professional chuck wagon circuit these days. So DJ King is uh, he's in he's in the rodeo. So there you go. So that's what he's doing these days. So um uh, but we're breaking down the numbers. Um, and I'm going by uh, the site that shall not be named. I'm not giving those clowns any any press, but unfortunately, I have to use them sometimes when I can't go back in the Wayback Machine and get the uh, Drop Your Gloves uh, page. Um, DJ King had 43 fights in the WHL. He had 47 fights in the American League. Two fights in the East Coast League. And 38 fights in the NHL. That's including preseason. Um, well, let's break it down, shall we? Uh, in 03-04, the NHL, he's 19. Preseason. Fights Big John Erskine. And uh, uh, actually, before that, he is in... Uh, he, goes to the tra- he was at the Traverse City Tournament. The one that uh, my boy, Hockey Fight History... Dave, you're out there. Love to hear from you. Miss you out here. Um, he used to go, him and his friend used to go to Traverse City, Michigan and film the NHL rookie camp games. And it was like St. Louis, Minnesota, Columbus, Detroit, Nashville. 
I don't know. There was a bunch of teams that would go, and the Rangers too, I think. That six teams anyway uh, that would participate in this tournament, and uh, and it was at a rink where there was like two rinks. So he'd go to one game, and the other guy'd go to the other. Or they'd look at the rosters and who had the tough guys and whatever. And he filmed some great stuff. Um, History of hockey fights. If you go to his YouTube channel, you can see all his Traverse City stuff. And oh, it's got Bugard versus McGratton when McGratton was with the Wings. Um, yeah, great shit. Anyway. Uh, DJ King, who D, uh, Nate Kaiser, he fought him. Actually, I think he dropped Kaiser. And then he also fought Jay Rosehill at that tournament. Rosehill was with Tampa Bay. So Tampa Bay was in the tournament as well. Um, they fought, he, they, he fought, wasn't much of a fight, but, uh, they fought in the, in the rookie tournament there at Traverse City. So, um, and it's on YouTube, as I said. So, um, and actually all the fights I'm going to talk about here are on, on YouTube, as, like I said before. So, but 0304 preseason, he's 19, he fights John Erskine. Um, yeah, King lands strong right, and uh, uh, Erskine takes it. But uh, King, this fight, King looks really strong. Um, he, he's really pushing Erskine around, and Erskine's a big dude. Um, and he was in about his second year, I think, in the league too. But Erskine's about 20, 22, 23. Um, you know, but DJ King really looked good. You know, nineteen year old to to handle a big Erskine like that, and he looked really strong in the fight. Looked good, and of course, obviously, he didn't make the team. He actually, this is what I said. He went back to junior, and uh, you know, played in Lethbridge, and the deadline went to Kelowna, won the Memorial Cup, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But turns pro in oh four oh five. Um, he is in the American League um, for that season. Uh, I didn't go down that rabbit hole. There are. DJ King American Hockey League fights on YouTube. Um, I didn't break down all those. Although the one fight I did see uh, was against Colt Nor when Colt Nor is in Providence. That's a really good fight. I encourage you to check that one out. Um, he looked really good. Um, 06, 07 in the preseason, um, he fights Bugard. Unfortunately, that video is not out there. Or at least I couldn't find it on my YouTube search. Um... But him and Bugard had a little bit of a rivalry. Um, but this year he played, uh, he played 27 games, had 52 t- uh, penalty minutes, eight tilts. Uh, so eight tilts in 27 games, not too bad. Um, he fights Reed Lowe. It's, it looked weird because Reed Lowe's playing with the Blackhawks. It just kind of looks odd. You know, of course he's with St. Louis. So, you know, Lowe probably had a little burr up his ass about that. Um, yeah, solid fight. Uh, King starts strong. Um, you know, low battles, uh, and then, ba- and it comes back with the lefts and, uh, yeah, just a real strong showing good fight. Uh, typical read low fight. Um, yeah, good tilt. Uh, next one, he fights Sean Thornton. Again, it looks weird because Thornton's playing with Anaheim. Um, it's kind of a, just a kind of real solid back and forth Thornton throwing the lefts. Um, you know, again, but King young guys. So he's hanging in there. He's fighting name guys. Um, next fights with Scott Parker. It's right off the face off. Um, you know, and again, you know, a couple hard shots either way. Um, you know, Parker kind of gets in tight. Um, but again, real strong showings for King in these fights. And, uh, it's interesting when you kind of go through his fight card, it's like being in that division. He kind of fights a lot of the same guys. Um, you know, another one, um, his next fights against, uh, Hordachuk. And Hordachuk, I always enjoy seeing Hordachuk. Um, you know, again, I saw him uh, here in the Western Hockey League in Saskatoon. I saw him fight a lot with the Blades. Uh, in fact, I was actually at the Blades camp when he was trying out for the Blades. And no one knew who he was. Um, 
And I remember, because I was sitting with the owner's kid, and I remember asking him, I'm like, you know, who's, you know, 62? Because he's wearing some goofy number, right? Uh, who's the 62 kid that's like, because in training camp, it's like you're playing the, you know, the blue and yellow games or whatever, the inter-squad games, and it's fight, pick up your gloves, fight, pick up your gloves. Like, no one's sitting out five minutes for a tilt. You just keep going. And Horachuk's fighting a bunch of guys, and he's looking really good, and he's running around hitting guys, and I'm like, who is this guy? And then he's like, oh, Horachuk, he's making the team. And, uh, yeah, and I've been a fan since that day, so... Um, there's another guy I could probably do a player spotlight on because I think Kordachuk doesn't get a lot of doesn't get a lot of t- a lot of press. You know, he was around for he was around for a long time, did a lot of fighting. You know, was he the kingpin of the league? Well, no, but I mean, he'd give her shit. Um, fight fun fighter, um, wide open guy could uh, could throw hits, big hitter. Um, yeah, met him a couple times. Good dude. Um, yeah. I'm down with Hortichuk. So it was cool to see King fight him. Um, th- that's the one thing, uh, Hortichuk did a real, had smart, fought really smart in this one because he kind of kept really low. Um, so King's kind of punching over top and, and Hortichuk would kind of sneak one in, sneak one in. And, you know, King would come back. Um, King's kind of controlling it, but Hortichuk farts, fought smart and, uh, yeah, just a real solid tilt. Um, his next fight was with Bugard and like, I mean, like with anything, he's having trouble reaching him. And, uh, you know, Bugard throws a really good uppercut. Um, I, I, that's the one thing when you're watching these fights and you got the different announcers, whoever these announcers were, they were just total clowns. I mean, they're going on, oh, I got to get in there. He's just killing this kid. And it's like, no, he's not. I, I mean, King was leaning away, had his head turned. Like, he's he wasn't really in, I mean, Bugard landed the really good uppercut. But, I mean, he wasn't in any danger. Or I guess you're always in danger, but you know what I'm saying. He's he's absorbing the shots. He knows what he's doing. You know, he certainly, um, he, he had trouble with the reach, and he was trying to kind of reel in Bugard, and it wasn't really working. But, um, yeah. Um, but overall, like, he was with him. Like, he didn't get destroyed or anything. I'm certainly not yelling out that King got the win, but, uh, you know, but him and, him and Boogie had a few clashes. Um, next, same with his fight with, and then the next fight was with Shelly. Um, and this is the first time I saw it when he was fighting him. King is predominantly right-handed. Right hand is his power hand. Um, but kind of Shelly has it tied up a little bit. So of course King goes to these Jersey jabs, but they're really fast. They're not just like the subtle one. Like he's just like, he like machine guns, these left hand Jersey jabs. And they must have some steam on them because one of them straightened Shelly up pretty quick. And uh, it looked really weird. For, for Like I said, everyone knows exactly what I'm talking about with the jersey jab. You're leaning away and you're kind of jabbing, jabbing, jabbing. But this is like, like really quick. If you go watch the fight with Shelly, like round one, you'll see what I mean. And uh, he hit Shelly with a couple couple stiff ones. Um, the next fight with Peros, he must fight Peros like five times. Um, they go back. Yeah, it's just one of those back and forth fights. Um, that's the one thing I've noticed with a lot of Kings fights. It's like, you know, throw a few, take a few, wrestle in tight. Like he, he, um, although I will say, um, and as you're watching the fights and for people that watch fights a lot, it, King always was really successful, would look really successful when he, um, when he would be punching when it looked like he was going downhill and he's picking up momentum. Does that make sense? When he, when it, cause all of his fights real, he's a big square off guy, you know, squaring off, off to the draw, off the draw. 
And he kind of all of a sudden he reaches in and grabs a guy and then just immediately starts going. It's almost like a car going downhill. And he starts real strong with right hands. And then at some point, I don't know if he gasses or he kind of lets up. The other guy, you know, the other guy will come back a few, but King will be leaning away or catching him in the side. Then they get in tight and wrestle a little bit. Then King will start up again. But I noticed the fights where he was really successful. Because you watch most of his fights, and it's probably like this case of probably most hockey fights as now that I'm saying it. But most of them are just kind of back and forth and whatever, and then it's over. Um, but some guys, they're... they're I think some guys fight. Well, I've had guys in the show talk about it, right? They don't. It's not that they fight off their back foot, but they counter punch. Let the other guy kind of punch themselves or see what the guy's got. Then they come back. Other guys like to be aggressive. I think King was an aggressive. King looked the best, in my opinion, when he was aggressive and would start strong and get the ball rolling. And like I said, get that downhill momentum, so to speak. Um, anyway, um, yeah. Where was I? Oh, I had to pause there. I'm losing my notes here. Um, yeah, and then for the uh, for the for the final uh, fight of his of his uh, his rookie year, uh, Chris Barch, uh, right off the face off. Um, you know, some some hard shots to Barch. Uh, you know, Barch. Yeah, he stands there and takes it. But uh, yeah, uh, King King looks solid in this one, and uh, you know, it was a strong way to end the season. Uh, strong rookie year, fought some named guys, um, you know, didn't, uh, didn't, uh, look bad, didn't get embarrassed. So, um, you know, the following season, 2007, 2008 is, uh, DJ King's first full season in the NHL. He plays 61 games, 100 penalty minutes, 14 tilts. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, we'll kind of do a quick rundown of those. Um, again, first fight of the year against Hordachuk. Um, Hordachuk really comes in, hits Jamal Maris pretty hard, pretty clean shot. It's a fight after a clean hit. Oh no. This is, this, this is new stuff. This is a new problem, isn't it? That's what I thought. Yeah. Anyway. Um, uh, King comes in, uh, lands some Horde, landed a couple hard shots. Hordachuk kind of stays in tight. Um, you know, that's about it. Wasn't, you know, I, King. But, um, and again, it fight, fights Peros the next fight. Uh, again, back and forth. Uh, Peros' jersey actually comes up over his head and, uh, and, and the refs kind of get in there and, and, uh, that's the one thing again with King that I'll give him, I'll give him, uh, I'll give him this. Uh, again, there's a couple instances, jersey up over a guy's head, guys down on one knee or whatever, like Thornton was in the one fight. King never hits the guy. Um, you know, so code lovers will love that, but, uh, you know, at the same time, though, it's like, you know, at the, you know, the point could be made, well, these guys really didn't, you know, I guess it's like, well, if you haven't acted up and we're just fighting to kind of get things going and then, you know, I mean, whatever. Anyway, um, well, the next one, well, this actually goes to what I was just saying, or it goes against what I was just saying with the old code and everything else. This is a perfect example. Um, you know, everybody be yelling and crying about this now. Um, his third fight of the year is against Bugard. Um, and it's got, there's kind of a scrum and like King's jamming at the side of the net. There's a scrum and everybody kind of piles in and Bugard comes in and kind of grabs King, but just grabs him. He hasn't dropped anything yet, but you know, everyone's sort of doing the pair off thing. Well, King right away drops his shit and kind of starts like, oh yeah. And then starts kind of punching Bugard. 
And the refs are kind of in there, but then they just back away. They're like, okay, go to it. I mean, who's going to separate DJ King and Derek Bugard, right? Um, and King's landing shots already, and Bugard's still got his gloves and his stick in his hand. And he's like, oh, shit. Well, you know, so Boogie's not going to just stand there and or go down and turtle. So he drops his shit and starts, you know, at the time, King's kind of hitting him in the side of the head, kind of rattling him, getting him, getting some shots in. And, you know, Boogie finally kind of straightens up and, you know, writes the ship, so to speak. And you could probably tell he was pissed. And uh, at this point, again, he's use, he's stretching King out. And then it just starts like Donkey Kong on him, like, you know, straight down like a gorilla, oof, oof, you know, in the back of his head and King's back at his shoulders. And, you know, I always say it like Donkey Kong on him, right? So, and then the refs get in there. But, uh, yeah, it comes down the line. But King definitely got the quick jump on Bugard. And, uh, yeah. Uh, the next fight's with Jody Shelley. Um, you know, another rematch. A lot of these fights are rematches. Um, they actually start off really strong, like kind of going toe to toe for a real quick two or three seconds. Uh, then it just turns into a wrestling match. Uh, not much to report there. Um, the next fights with Goddard and Goddard's with Calgary at the time. And this is a really good tilt. This is probably my favorite DJ King fight. Um, they go toe to toe, wild swings. They're doing some missing. They're doing some landing. There's some, both guys land some real stiff shots. Neither guy goes down and it's, you they're hitting and uh yeah great fight definitely look it up dj king eric goddard you won't be disappointed um next fight after that's with sean thornton who's with boston at this time um the announcers mentioned that thornton's coming back from a broken foot so this is a really good test for him you know especially with dj king who's bigger um has some weight behind him is tough to move so this would be a real good test for thornton's foot and um yeah, I mean, it's a good little tilt. They go back and forth. Once again, um, who's the Bruins announce? Edwards makes a jackass of himself. Um, oh, here's the Thornton's fighting DJ King, who's got bundles of penalty minutes and hasn't, as nowhere near has a goal. Oh, I rake or a face rake there by DJ King. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Face rake? Like, what is this freaking WWF wrestling? Like on Saturday in the morning, you're going to hit him with a foreign object next. Like, oh, he's just a goof. Um, but it's not a bad little tilt. Um, then he fights, uh, Zach Storantini. Um, again, this one starts strong, actually. Both guys, like, kind of both land some pretty stiff shots. And then, uh, and, and then Storantini kind of goes into the wrestling hold. Um, I, well, I can't really just blame Storantini for that because King does do a fair amount of wrestling as well. Like, he'll start off strong and kind of whatever and then kind of gets in tight with guys. Um, you know, but he's not afraid to wrestle. I mean, you know, what are you going to do? But, um, yeah, this one kind of doesn't turn into much, but it started, starts strong. Um, then he fights Wade Brookbank. Brookbank's with Carolina at this time. And actually it's mentioned that it's his first fight with Carolina. Um, and it's unfortunate because they do the big square off and then, um, kind of King lands a couple, but gets Brookbank off balance and Wade goes down. And, uh, he wasn't punched down or dropped or anything, but it's just kind of the momentum of the punch. Cause Brookbank gets up right away and wants to keep going, but the refs get in right away. And, um, you can see Wade was pretty pissed. And, uh, you know, and it's your first fight with the new team, and I can see why Wade would be pissed about it. Um, um, the next one, uh, Chris Barch again. I gotta say, I like this Chris Barch kid. Um, Probably a guy that I'm going to look into further. I mean, you know, was he a big killer? No, but he could take it. He could take shots. I'll tell you that. He's throwing a few. 
Like, um, they're, they're in tight along, it's along the boards. Um, I would say there was a bunch of dirty boxing going on. Like they're in tight and kind of just these little short shots and, you know, kind of a lot of like grinding on the guy's face and probably, and you know, it's just one of those, it's just a dirty fight, you know, not much going on either way. Um, fights Peros again, you know, common theme, um, kind of a quick little matchup. Nothing really happens. Pretty boring. Um, the next fight is with Evenons, uh, a massive dude. And, uh, and again, I've, I've, like, Evenons looks like a bodybuilder. Like, the guy, I think they said the guy's 265 or something. He's, I remember seeing, like, pictures of me. He did, like, this workout thing, and it was like, yeah, the guy's just jacked. A big dude, 6'5. Um, you know, it's a quick tilt, but they, they kind of go toe to toe. They actually throw some really good shots, and, uh, you know, and it's quick, and, uh, and then King kind of grabs him, and he's, you're not going to push him. Evenons isn't going to get pushed at that weight. And at the same time, King's, it's not like he's small either at 6'3", probably 245. So it's kind of this, uh, um, kind of a, a saw off as far as who's pushing who. And then the refs get in. Um, fight Peros again. That's what I was going to say. Geez, how many times do you guys fight? Um, uh, King slips but gets up right away, lands a solid shot. Uh, again, the jersey gets over Peros's head. Refs come in. Um, you know, then he fights Shelly again. It's like you've seen a pattern here. Um, it's kind of the Shelly fights back and forth. They don't, you know, not much watching there. Um, then the, his final fight of the season is against Tostito, who's uh, just called up for uh, Columbus at the time. And uh, actually, Tostito lands a really hard right. And then, um, King fires back some lefts, which is kind of unusual. He's, he's a right-handed guy, but he throws some lefts and then they kind of get wrestled down. But, uh, you know, Sestito trying to make a name for himself and, and King's certainly a guy that you could do big reps. So, um, yeah, you know, another strong season in his first full year in the league. Um, at this point, King's looking pretty good. Um, again, the fight with Goddard, probably the best one of the year. It's probably his best fight in the NHL, actually. Looking back up, wow. Yeah, one of them. Um, 2008-2009. And this is where you start seeing King with a lot of his injury problems. And he missed a ton of time. And then, um, so in 08-09, he, in the preseason, he gets into two fights. Uh, one against Kevin Westgarth. Actually, this one I noticed, I found, for whatever reason, I typed it in. And it was like a fan camera version. Somebody films it from the front row. Um, good tilt. Um to Westgar's credit, he goes looking for it too. He goes over and starts it. They kind of have a real good little toe-to-toe battle. Good fight. Really good fight. Um, and then the next fight he had was with Gar and Axelby. Um, couldn't find video on that. Um, but unfortunately, he plays one game and then he's out for the season. And uh, I believe it was shoulder injuries. Um, so yeah, it's, it's too bad. Um, and then, so he's out the whole year. 2009-2010. Um, he just plays 12 games, uh, 33 penalty minutes. He has five tilts, um, uh, and, and then he plays the American Hockey League, um, you know, 10 games. He had one fight there. Um, uh, hold on. I'm just, my, my notes are all scattered here. Yeah, like the first the first fight of the year, it's uh, October 24th. He fights Chris Barch, and he actually drops Barch with four. Like, it's stiff, and uh, Barch is down. Uh, problem is, is King... Busts up his hand, blows his hand up, and uh, he is actually out. Gets hurt again. So that, and you can see it, he's shaking his head. And he's mad. And he skates off the ice. Um, 
So you're really feeling for King because he missed the entire season. Then when you come back, your first fight, you blow your hand up. I mean, you know, you can imagine how frustrating that is. Um, his, that's in October. His next fight is February 8th. He fights Kochi. Actually, Kochi looks really good in this fight. They go toe-to-toe. Um, strong showing by both guys. Um, the next fight after that is Chris Barch again. And I will give Barch credit. Um, you know, he's trying to get back on the horse after this guy dropped you. Uh, a couple months earlier, um, and they go toe to toe. Some hard rights. Um, uh, Barch takes it, stands right in there, throws some back. Um, really strong uh, showing for Barch in this fight. I'm mean, not saying he won it or anything, but it was probably like a moral victory for him. Like you know, you kind of got to tame. You know, you got to slay that dragon, so to speak. And uh, so, real strong, and it, it showed a lot of showed something there. When, you know, you immediately go after the guy that got you and, you know, you, I'm sure he's scared shitless, you know, in the back of your mind, you're always a little hesitant, I'm sure, probably kind of, here we go, uh, but he looked good, looked good. Um, well, the next fight's with Bugard, and of course, this is the, you know, after the whole kind of suckering him in the scrum and everything, um, well, and the funny thing with this Minnesota thing, with Bugard's out there, John Scott's on the ice with him, too. Imagine you got John Scott and Bugard playing the wings against you. Yeah, change him up. Could you imagine? Unbelievable. Yeah. So, and then Scott drills somebody off. The whistle goes and Scott, like, runs this guy into the glass. It's kind of funny. Um, and everybody kind of piles in. King immediately goes over and challenges Bugard. Kind of, like, hits him this time and, like, okay, let's go. And they actually square off this time. And, um... Uh, Bugard has like grabs and he's got him out of his reach. And of course, when Bugard's like, I mean, that'd be good, like it's like guy holding it, it's like a fucking fishing pole, right? Like you can't reach the guy. Um, so Bugard's got him stretched out. And he's kind of landing a couple, nothing serious, but he's you know helmet shots or whatever. And um, King kind of comes in and does this like blind overhand right hand. And catches Bugard perfectly in the nose and ends up breaking Bugard's nose. Bugard doesn't go down, but you know if you're Bugard, you're like, you serious? Like he's kind of got total control of the guy, and this guy throws one blind shot and breaks your nose. Um, other than that, the kind of it gets broken up and whatever. But Bugard, you could just see him shaking his head, going off the ice, blood everywhere. Um, but he kind of smacks King a couple times, but yeah, it wasn't much. But King. King fought smart. Like, when the guy's that much bigger than you, what are you going to do? Like, you can't. You're not going to go toe-to-toe. Well, you can't go toe-to-toe with him because you can't reach him. So, you just kind of hug in close and take shit in the back of the head and the side of the head, I guess, is all you can really do. Um, his next fight's against Wade Belak, who's with Nashville. Um, starts strong. Really good exchange. Um, kind of, you know, both hit each other with a couple, and then it's just in tight wrestling. Um, crowd's actually kind of booing in this one, but, uh, you know, and, uh, and then that's it. So that, you know, real tough two seasons there for King. I mean, you know, a lot of injuries and shit. So, I mean, in that off season, I think St. Louis is probably, you know, we're going to move on. And, uh, this one, he gets traded to Washington in the off season. Uh, what do you get who do you get traded for? Stefan Della Rosa or whatever his name is. Um, but, uh, 2010, 2011, he plays 16 games. He has six tilts. Um, in the preseason, um, he fights Sean Thornton, um, you know, comes in with some really strong rights. Then he does that kind of let that Jersey jab 
real quick last jersey jab thing that he, I was talking about that he did with Shelly a couple years earlier. Um, but Thornton actually takes it and, uh, to his credit, uh, makes a comeback and, uh, you know, not a bad fight. Uh, you know, Thornton's the man. I mean, I love Sean Thornton too and just showed his veteran, right? He didn't get, didn't get overwhelmed and just, uh, you know, kind of took the shots, absorbed him and then came back. Um, Next fights with Trevor Gillies. Um, King hits Gillies coming in and then they grapple. King catches him with a couple and, uh, but Gillies switches it up and gets that left loose because King had a good hold of it, but he let it go and, uh, a couple straight over, straight left shots and kind of King goes down, uh, you know, goes down to a knee, but Gillies catches him and, uh, you know, so, so far, I mean, his two fights in, on the, in the new team and, you know, I mean, you're fighting named guys, obviously, but kind of a rough start. Probably not the start that King wanted, but, um, um, you know, and then he fights Orr a couple times and Orr just had, had his number in these fights. Just kind of, it's all Orr and Orr's just got his right tied up and he just, he's throwing shots and, and King's just getting frustrated. And there's, no, I mean, I mean, Orr's not going to, you know, he's not, King wasn't going to get dropped or anything. He's he's kind of taking the punches, but just couldn't get anything set up and really going. Or looked really good in these, like just controlled both fights. And I mean, in the one fight, shit, Or is looking up at the clock, up at the scoreboard, watching the fight while he's fighting King. And I mean, at this point, Or isn't like he was with Toronto. He's really rolling. And Or had that had a real confidence about him when he was going strong. And yeah, he he looked. Um, at no point was he in any. Again, I'm not I'm not saying this to be disrespectful to DJ or anything like that, but or didn't look like he was in trouble at either at any of these at any time versus in these fights. And uh, you know, that says something, especially against a guy like King. And uh or or really looked strong. Um a fight Shelly again. Um King again goes looking for it. Um he really cha- he skates after Shelly and challenges him. Shelly to his credit, squares off with him. Um not much of a fight. They just kinda whatever, but um, King is definitely itching at this point, like, cause he hasn't had the big signature, you know, you're on a new team, you kind of got the big rep, he hasn't had a signature win yet, in fact, Gilly's kind of dropped him, maybe TKO, standing eight count maybe, but, uh, Orr's kind of controlled him, Thornton, I, I'd say I'd probably give him the win against Thornton, but not, you know, wasn't real, he needs a convincing win, um, next fight he fights Westgarth, um, this is kind of actually a real wild back and forth. Some real wild swings either way. Um, King pretty much gasses and Westgarth lands a couple really good ones. Um, and and at this point, like I said, and then he fights Francis Lassard. And then this fight's not much. They're just kind of really in tight. And, and that's about it. And that's King's first season in Washington. And it, and it was just, uh, you know, it, it was just really rough. Well, I think I said season. That's that's about it. That's all he played. He played, and then the next year he played one game, and um, you know he just just between the injuries and playing time. And I was trying to look up some articles and stuff, and he just um, apparently, according to a bunch of them, like the the Capitals, his teammates really liked him. They liked having him around, good guy, and all that. But he just could never seem to kind of get on track. And when he'd play, he kind of. You know, he'd have a couple strong games, and he wouldn't play for a while. Then when he'd get back in there, it's like, while well, I'm back in, I better fight. So he'd go looking for it. And it was just, you could just see, it's almost like ring rust, right? Like, he just didn't, like, you watch that, and then you watch, and you think back to his St. Louis stuff with the, when he had the big, 
when he was in there every night, 14 games fight or 14 fights in that 61 game season, and you're playing all the time and he's healthy, different fighter. You could see it. And it's you know, with Washington, I, I think he's probably a little out of shape and he, cause he get, you could see in some of the fights he got like against or he was really gassed out. And, um, you know, it's just, well, you played 16 games or whatever all year, right? A lot of sitting around. So, um, you know, the next year he plays the, plays the one game. Um, you know, then he's down in Hershey with the Bears and he plays 29 games and then uh, four playoff games. He, you know, 29 games, 13 pims. He had one fight against Miles Stays. Um, and then that's about it. In the final season, 2012-2013, he plays in the East Coast League, actually, with the Ontario Reign. 19 games, 8 points, 22 minutes. Then in the playoffs, he has 10 games, 3 points. Um, had a couple fights against Garrett Hunt and Ponich. And uh, and then that's it. And, uh, you know, so his final totals in the NHL, 118 games, 11 points, 215 minutes. And um, and like I said, what, how, how many fights did he have? Uh, 38. So, yeah, it was uh, it was tough. I felt bad. You know, you feel bad, you know, with the injuries. And like I said, he's cruising. And he has the fight and barge gets the big KO and blows his hand up. It's like, oh, man, you know, and, uh, you know, and then to miss a whole season's tough, you know, and you're an elite athlete and to miss a whole year and try to play catch up like that. Thing is, especially the tough guy, because like the guys you're fighting, they never took time off, right? And they're kind of they're right into it, and they've been rolling the whole time, and and you've got to come in after sitting stagnant for a year. Like you can, you know, you can weight lift and train and do everything you can, but you ain't fighting. You know, it's not fighting. So, yeah, just real tough injuries that he had, and uh, but when he was in there and healthy and rolling, um, like I said, force in the Western Hockey League. Um, you know, had, had a couple of great American league seasons in, in Wooster and Peoria. Um, a bunch of his American hockey league fights are on there. I recommend checking that out on YouTube because he has some really good fights in the American league. Um, just a little snake bit in the NHL, but nonetheless, he got 118 games in, um, had some real strong fights. Like I said, the great fight with Goddard, a couple with Boogie, Hordachuk, that, you know, drop and barge, uh, couple Peros Thornton. Um, yeah, when he was healthy and like I said, and he was kind of fighting downhill, um, uh, King was real good, right-handed, could throw left a little bit, but right-handed guy, but, um, and I've had a couple guys in the show that have fought King and they say he hits real hard and he's real strong, tough to move, not a fun fight. And, uh, yeah, and uh, guys have a lot of respect for DJ King and, uh, you know, and, and in terms of his toughness, so. But yeah, there we go. The player spotlight, DJ King. I had a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun uh, going down that rabbit hole. Like I said, all the all the player spotlights have been fun, and uh, it's kind of a chance for me to really educate myself on the guy. Like I said, I'd seen King fight before, but I didn't. You know, again, when you watch a guy, especially when you watch him in chronological order, and you watch as you see him develop, right? You can see him go on. You can see him gain confidence. You can see him lose confidence, and uh, you can see how injuries affect a guy. He might fight different. Yeah, it's um, it's a lot of fun. So I recommend that you go down the DJ King rabbit hole. You you will not be disappointed. And uh, yeah, the highs and lows of enforcing. And uh, it was fun. But uh, you know what was fun? Sitting here talking to you guys today. Sorry the episode was a little late. I know a lot of you guys like when it's out Sunday morning right away. Um, that was always my intention. But like I said, the uh, the reviewing went a little longer. And, uh, and I had left, actually left bunch of my notes at work in the truck so I worked this morning so I brought my notes home with me but uh 
Thank you guys for tuning in. Um, not sure what's on the docket for Wednesday. Trying to get... I've been talking to Jay. I want to do another... Uh, Jay does the Southern Pro League stuff. And I want to kind of do... I like doing the year in review with those. You know, with the kind of the seldom talked about leagues. You know, kind of keep everybody informed of what's going on down in the bus leagues. So, um, just got to set up a time with Jay. Um, but something will be out. I don't know. It might be me. It might be with someone else. Who knows? Um, got, talking to a couple players... Hopefully we can set up some times and, uh, yeah, but everything's up in the air right now. So we'll see what happens. But, uh, anyway, guys, I know you guys, you guys will be busy watching your playoff hockey anyway, but, uh, if you are enjoy, I don't know how you guys can watch that shit, but knock yourself out. But, um, oh, my earlier, my earlier's future bet is looking shaky here. Um, we'll see what happens. But anyway, guys, thank you very much for tuning in again. If you're on social media, um, fourth line voice on Twitter, as well as on Facebook, always putting up videos and pictures and all that sort of thing. Um, if you have something to say, if you want to talk to me, if you're not on social media, you're smarter than the rest of us, uh, drop me an email, hockeyfights at hotmail.com. Send me an email. Uh, tell me a story. Give me your, uh, opinions. Good bet. Tell me about the show, good, bad, or otherwise, what you'd like, what you don't like, that type of thing. Love to hear from you. If you're on social media, just drop me a DM and, uh, and the only thing I ask from you guys, if you could do it as you're listening here, um, I, I know I say this every week, but I, and I'll say it every other week, um, whatever platform you're listening to this show on, whether it be iTunes or Spotify or Podbean or iHeartRadio or whatever you listen to it, could you rate and review my show? Um, or just even just rate it. Give it a thumbs up, hit the star rating, whatever it is. That helps me in the, that helps the show in the algorithms. Um, and, uh, yeah. Like I said, if you want to, and do that for any podcast that you listen to. I know more, I know people listen, usually listen to more than one show and you have your kind of your podcast lineup. Um, if you don't do that, I, I recommend that you do for all the shows because as creators, that helps us out. It really does. That's the one thing you could do to help us out is, uh, is, is review it. Also, if you're on YouTube, Fourth Line Voice on YouTube, I have over 2,000 videos. Check it out. Boom, boom, boom. Again, if you watch a video of mine that you like, hit the like button. Maybe subscribe to the channel. Again, YouTube loves that shit. Again, it helps in the algorithms. It helps. I'm not just saying this to say it. There is a reason why. Like, you know when you're watching YouTube and on the right-hand side it says related videos? Well, that's how you get into related videos is by the algorithm and by people liking your stuff and etc. So if you could do that, not as I always say, not only for myself, but for Alec or for Joe or for any podcast that you listen to, whether it be a gambling podcast, a mob podcast, Civil War, Pokemon, whatever you're into, I don't know. Um, review it because that or, uh, and rate it because that definitely helps the creator out. That That is my PSA for today. But uh, thank you guys, and download, don't stream. Again, that helps too. Uh, it's the little things that you guys can do that it's, that are a big deal to us. So thank you. But uh, and as I always say, I know there's hundreds and hundreds of hockey podcasts to listen to. And the fact that you took time out of your day to listen to this, um, I really do appreciate it. Thank you. And, and, I hope, and if you're new, I hope you come back. And uh, if you don't, well, thank you for giving this a try. I appreciate it. And uh, for the regular listeners out there, I'll see you cats on Wednesday. Thanks, everybody. And you people that don't like fighting, how many of you did you walk out and get a coffee while that was on?